With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Work. Blog Talk Radio. Toujours l'été is what I say forever summer, though. Oh. Toujours l'été. Well, for you it is because you're tan 24-7. Yes, thank you. You look like it's thank forever you, summer. <laughs> Thanks. Tanning place. I don't know if you can, like, here we go. I was like, if you want to <laughs> maybe they give you a discount, something, maybe, you know. Something. <clears throat> anyway, welcome to the show. I hope everyone enjoyed the rerun. Where's our sign? Where's our sign? I have to talk to a very special man. He was a very busy man, but I will see him tomorrow and discuss. It's okay. It's Nine Inch Nails still, and there's a new album coming out, but soon there will be a cool background made by my dear boyfriend. But anyway, until that happens, we've got my wacky. We'll have the. We should still have the lava lamp in the back. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of like the, that. kitsch, the kitsch of us. Anyway, I thought it was kind of cool that we had reruns, so we've been on the air long enough to be in syndication. Yes. We're almost old pros at this. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. A new episode tonight, but before we get to our very special guest, and we have our time with him, we want to start off with our new favorite segment. The our suckiest, sounding board. Our sounding board. The suckiest thing that sucks this week. Ta-da! What's yours? Don't know if I have one. That's good. <laughs> I had a really bad headache today, and I felt stressed. Okay. Um, there's a decision. I don't think this is sucky, but I, I get very stressy, and maybe I need I need the stress management. There's probably some people on this channel I could talk to about that. <laughs> exactly. We'll find out next month on Authentic April. Yes, we've got a lot of our buddies coming up from the, from the uh. The, the station. I have a decision to make, kind of at work, or I'm not sure. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the middle of do I go to the next level? But there's parts of the next level that are a little scary, and I feel uneasy. Or do I stay? Do I want to stay in the place where? It sounds like it's like a no-brainer because you don't want to stay where you know where everything is and it's comfortable. But the, the the next level is scary and uneasy because it deals with subject matter that I'm not good at, which would be mathematic related. It's all Excel based. <laughs> but it is Excel based, <laughs> and like you said, you have a Excel class workbook yes. that you can look at <laughs> classes and learning. I would say break out of your comfort zone, Vanessa Williams. Okay. And. Uh, you know, don't be Joey McIntyre and be like, where do I go from here? Well, thank you. Oh, new album coming out. 
new kids on the block. Okay. Always, you know what? They grew up so nice. We're very excited. We were fans <laughs> when we were little. Yes. Yeah. And now we're fans now. Now we're fans that we're a little bit older. <laughs> um, I don't, like I said, it's not a sucky thing, but you know when you're just sitting here like, I really got to think about stuff. Mm-hmm. That is if the opportunity is presented to me. There may be a chance where somebody else is better fit and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And well, the decision's made for me. The intellectual, okay. the intellectual answer to an emotional problem would be just, you know, picture that you got exactly. it. Exactly. There's that. As we learned Mm-hmm. To our many trials and tribulations with the law of attraction. And learning to picture things. <laughs> learning to pick, be it in the, have it in the now. Yeah, exactly. And all that. Uh, Not yeah. really that sucky. Just kind of, just kind of the, headache, the headache's gone. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to say it was towards the end of the day before I went to Yogurt Town. <laughs> I, I have a weird new thing where they opened a TCBY by my work. Like and it's I don't know. I feel like it's 86, and Mom's taking me to the mall, and I was excited to go. But when it melts, it turns into a watery, like, flavored pool of mess, and then you start to wonder, is that really food? Yeah, well, now... So well, I'm like, maybe get, I shouldn't eat this. Well, if you do get sick from it, you can't sue Monsanto anymore because the president signed... Immunity to Monsanto oh, if they discover no. if they, they discover, discover like their, their nightmare chemicals. Yeah, their nightmare chemicals can kill us. I'm but. sure they have something to do with this stuff because I did look at the ingredients. <laughs> I was like, doesn't just say milk and eggs and sugar. There's a lot of there are lots of other big words, and yeah, and then this is a topic we're going to definitely discuss with our guests coming yes. up. But let's do your thing, my friend. <sighs> I think. Besides work, I told you that, oh, I don't know. He's not back in the picture, but he's on the periphery, and I've been trying to avoid him in my periphery. But my best friend, who I call Spencer, or better known as Dan, Mm -hmm. who's been on the show, so I can say it. Our buddy Dan. Had to text me and tell me that rom-com guy was at the tournament this weekend. Mm-hmm. Which I hadn't seen him the whole. I haven't seen him this whole time. I was gonna ask how long it had been. And uh, it's all coming back to me now, Celine, and mm-hmm. I don't want it to. No. There's just that flood of things, and things weren't work. Things just went dead with the other guy, and I'm back to my place where I just don't want to do this anymore. So you're in the no thanks zone. No thanks. I don't want to feel this way. We'll see you on the 21st, and we go visit Charlie. Yeah. Oh. By the way, yeah. Charlie, what made Charlie think he could match me up with someone? He gave you a match? Yeah. What match, did you tell me? match me up. I've been trying not to go, trying not to talk about it but because who, it was like a little disappointed. Yeah, but who are you not? You're going to tell this girl everything. Come yes. on now. And, and so. Charlie, okay, so I told Charlie. Is this Charlie the matchmaker from previous the show before? What the heck again, was his Matt, name? Bad at it. Two, it was like two, two shows ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I told him when we met. Uh, when we met, mm-hmm. he did the interview for the matchmaking, and I oh, told him cool. either either you're tall, dark, and handsome, either Greek, Italian, or Middle Eastern. You like the yes, uh, <laughs> or you're short and built. Uh, like you know, Italian or like Greek. Italian or Greek or Middle Eastern or even ginger. I'll, I'll, take a ginger? I'll take a love a good ginger, nice. especially well a muscly one. Uh, why did I and uh, you know my volleyball schedule, you know my work schedule, yes. you nice. know my interests, my culinary and sporty interests. Foodie and the sporty. Foodie, foodie, sporty. Yeah. Why would you? Why? <laughs> and I was trying to stay open. From his book. You have to say Love open. Made Open. Okay. Love Made Easy, his book. <laughs> open to Love. Open to Love, available on Amazon. Open yourself to love possibilities. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Boundaries are the enemy. <laughs> Boundaries are the enemy to love. Oh, watch the sweetest thing and you'll know what we're talking about. Exactly. So back to Love Made Easy. So I, I'm living, I'm walking the talk. Okay, good. And keeping my mind open mm-hmm. and and trying to stay available. But why would he think that I wanted someone tall, blonde haired and blue eyed, works on Broadway and yeah, we have no Did we you, have no converging interests. 
Did you meet him? No. You saw the thing and you were like, dude. No, no, no. We okay. talked and, and we talked a little. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Phony? No, Daddy. text and okay. email. Oh, Charlie starts everything off with email. Okay. And I tried to keep my mind open because from the start, like, I was like, I saw the pictures and all that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to be attracted to him. Is and, that the wrong thing to do? But it is, but again, but if you're saying that, but you're also, if you're looking at someone and you don't feel it, then you don't feel mm-hmm, it, right? Mm-hmm. The blonde hair, blue eyes thing was very early that college. Was, yeah, that, that was, was many, that's not me now. That's many urban gents ago. Yeah. That was uh, Amber Crombie phase once, which is weird. You didn't even mention that, I'm sure, to him, so it's strange that that's what came up. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a mismatch from the start, mm-hmm. and... So you guys just don't talk anymore? No, because I I just been I've been running around for the tournament and he has a big show. And Is he in a show? No, he does the makeup for it. Which show? Can you say? I I, I don't even know. Can you give me tickets? I'm on Broadway. Know. I don't even know. And, and yeah. it's maybe internalized homophobia, but he also dresses in drag. Also, you never. But you like the drag queens, but you're never attracted to a drag queen. No, right. And I don't know how I I don't know how like or don't like. Yeah. Because you're always a drag queen supporter. Mm-hmm. You know, a good friend of ours did it for a while. Yeah. I was a backup dancer once. It was very <laughs> cool. But um, hi to Julio if you're watching. <laughs> you know who you are. We've got a made a video and everything. <laughs> that should go up soon. I should put our video up. A lot of stuff we're working on. Well, just okay. So was that like the one thing, and then? Did he say there might be someone else if you're not into that, or he just like? I, I just it's it's. I was trying to tell Charlie too, like mm-hmm. you know, I'm not. I'm 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 trying to get to that place, and I said that when we were doing the his his, you know, twenty questions, mm-hmm. and I was trying to say that I'm. This has to be a slow roll with me. <laughs> Plus, at the time, you know. You're not looking to jump into matrimony. Mm-mm. If you were allowed to or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it's just discouraging, and I get easily discouraged by these things. I know. Especially with the other two I was dealing with. I know. In the periphery. I don't want you to, but it is up to you how to how you're working it. Mm-hmm. You know, my my best friend advice is please don't be discouraged, mm-hmm. but. I know you're going to feel how you're going to feel. All right. Let's see if Mr. Diva Bedek had anything that sucked this week that he'd like yeah, to talk about. Yeah, let's start him off as part of our little little spiel, and then we can go into everything. But we're talking to Mr. Diva Bedek. DivaBedek.org is the website, and he is Diva Talk Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Right too. here. You can listen to him as well. He's a star. Tuesdays. Hello, Mr. Diva Bedek. Welcome to our show. Hey, thank you for having me on the show. Yay! Hello. Welcome. Turn it up a little. Wow, <laughs> dating's a drag, Alex. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you have, you have similar, similar opinions in that matter as well? No, I just was listening in on the conversation. I always ah. say, don't don't get down, get diva. But when it's dating's that. a drag, dating's a drag. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. So before we get into who you are and what you do and how great it is, would you like to join in our little? Our, this is our sounding this board. This is our like sounding board every week. We just do. We like to do like a little what was sucky, and then you kind of just say it and let it go. Get it off your chest and forget about it. Oh, yeah. so all right. Um, what, so is it what was sucky today, or just what was sucky in general? In the week or in general. Yeah, if you've got something you want to just let off your chest, go for it. What's plaguing your mind right now, Mr. Divabedic? I I hated – I mean, Alex and I play volleyball, so I hated last night that my team lost another match at volleyball. (laughs) That that stayed with me. I don't know why it stayed with me, but it's tough. I mean, I have such a great time uh, playing at Gotham Volleyball, like I'm sure you do, Alex, and it's socially competitive, but – it still mm-hmm. sucks sometimes when your team that. loses. Yeah. Aww. So yeah, I feel better for letting that out. I'll I'll go in with a fresh mind next week. How's that? There we go. See. That's yeah. Perfect. I feel I feel like with that like Monday I played with my captain and Dan Warner for mm-hmm. Urban, and we had an amazing time, 
and an amazing game. So me and Jose, my captain, were trying to ride that into Wednesday. And I said to myself, the difference between Monday and the previous season is I was in the now. Like I wasn't thinking about anything but being there, and that made the difference Monday. And we just had an amazing time. We had an amazing time hanging out after, which is very important to Dan, if you never knew (laughs) about my best friend. Dan likes having the fun. Yeah, so... I tried to carry that into Wednesday. Uh, I was in the now. I was at the. I was feeling it, and I was trying to bring everybody up around me. And when that didn't happen, I walked away from that really. I always walk away from situations like that really, like either hurt mm-hmm. or despondent. And and you know the effect that volleyball can have on people. Well, <laughs> I know the effect that volleyball can have on the Gotham volleyball players because I've seen it. I watch, I kind of watch you guys sometimes. It's like a TV show <laughs> or like Alex will fill me in. And I was like, whoa. And all the stuff that's happening. I'm like, what happened this week? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's, that's something that happens in life too when you put your all into something or you're very in the moment. Very love, love it so much. And it doesn't, it doesn't turn out. But anything in life can. And sometimes I don't know how to handle that disappointment. That's part of the learning, yeah. you know, because me too. Well, I also think it's just, you know, I mean, I think the great thing about sports is just that, the lesson that you learn, you know, because sometimes it could just shift, mm-hmm. you know, like in yep. the world you could put your heart and soul into it. It might not work out at first, but then, like, you come back next week or the following week and it, it kind of turns around. And I, I do think that's, like, a really interesting takeaway from sports in general is is kind of, really digging in and, and like you said, trying to stay in the moment and stay focused and then yeah. also allowing yourself to kind of like, you know, if it's, if things aren't working out, to kind of go through that with the idea that you have the confidence to kind of come back again and attack it from a new angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the bigger picture, you're doing something good for yourself anyway, playing and being physical. Mm-hmm. I used to, long, long ago, play field hockey and lacrosse and basketball back in my younger years. And there were a lot of times where I was really down and disappointed for something that's supposed to, like, build you up and give you confidence. But in the end, you're doing something you love and you're it's making you happy and healthier. Mm-hmm. Which can be an allegory for anything. If you put anything, yeah. like, uh, it's it's like that whole thing when you ask the universe for something and you you set your mind to it and you really live in it when you don't get it. You know, you have to deal with that part yeah. of yourself that 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 gets pissed about it. Yeah, because you got to learn how to deal with mm-hmm. not getting it. But I liked what you said a little bit before. Don't get down, get diva. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd love that on a t-shirt. <laughs> well, we'll make one for you. I think we have it on a t-shirt actually at our website. I say go to the site. I will check it out. But definitely, so we want to say officially hello again to you and run down a little of what you do and how you got into this for all the people listening. Absolutely. Well, I'm honored to be on the show, so thank you very much. Um, My name is Max Zadek. I'm known as Mr. Divabetic. I'm the founder of a nonprofit organization called Divabetic. That's like diabetic with a V. And... Mm -hmm. uh, the V makes it divabetic, and the V stands for Vandross because I worked for Luther Vandross for 13 years. Wow. Um, I started out on tours with him, uh, working on musical tours. My first tour was Never Let Me Go, I think like in 94 or something, <laughs> like almost 20 years ago, hard to believe. And then... Um, <coughs> Uh, I stayed with him. I became his personal assistant. That's how I moved here to New York City. And then in 2004, right before the release of Dance with My Father, Luther had a stroke. And I was actually the one who found Luther on the floor, and I was the one who rushed him to the hospital. Wow. So that's when, um, at the hospital, they told me that Luther's stroke could have been prevented and I was kind of confused because, you know, when you're in the state of the crisis and they said, well, it's all because of his diabetes. So mm-hmm. I have a family history of diabetes myself. My grandmother had diabetes, uh, but she died when I was fairly young, I think like 10 years old. So I didn't know that much about it. And then uh, right after Luther had a stroke, my older brother, who's an incredible athlete, we we're just talking about sports, was yeah. diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So 
there I was kind of at the crossroads. I mean, Luther was a huge influence on my life. He was such a great mentor. He's just a musical genius, very funny, outgoing man, and, you know, just really allowed me to follow my passions of working in entertainment. And then my brother, who's always been a big hero to me, was just diagnosed with the disease. So I really, um, ironically enough, started an outreach organization more geared towards women. But the idea was... um, when I found that out that Luther had the stroke and it was related to his diabetes, uh, the record label asked me to go out and promote the Dance With My Father album with his mother, and I just thought it was really uh, a mistake that they weren't telling people, they were telling people that Luther had a stroke, but no one they weren't saying that it was related to the diabetes. And I wanted to make sure that people understood that so that they could keep their house a home and prevent a stroke or blindness or amputation from happening in their lives. Yeah, and that's and that's something like yeah, like you were just saying, I feel like it's maybe it wasn't talked about enough, but I feel like maybe now more people are and I could think of um why did I just forget her name? Paula Dean. Mm-hmm. And well, you know, stuff like that where it's like you need to people should People should, you know, talk about it more because I feel like it affects a lot of people or maybe people who are pre-diabetic and need to start thinking about taking care of themselves better, you know, because you could just educate so many people on what to do and really help them out a lot. Yeah, I had a a history of diabetes in my family, but you were... The lady called Allison was pre-diabetic. I was pre-diabetic, I do, yeah. I can tell you a little bit about this, Mr. Diabetic and everyone else. Um, back when I was heavier before surgery and my weight lo- and some of the weight loss, I was pre-diabetic, and that was for um, a big chunk of years. I remember I was tired all the time. I was, you know, all the all the symptoms and issues, and then the weight gain, and I would like literally like eat and then fall asleep. And I, you know, I went to my doctor, did the whole test, and they're like, "Hey, guess what? You have impaired glucose tolerance." Mm-hmm. which was pre-diabetes, and they're like, you could get it. You have to watch yourself and be careful. And so I started to learn more about what I was eating, how I was eating, how all this different kind of food affected me, and I had no idea through my whole life, like, what certain thing food would just do to me. Like, sugar was almost like mm-hmm. a drug to make me pass out, you know, and how it and when I had I decided to get weight loss surgery and take care of myself even more after that, I had lost, I've lost enough now that I'm no longer pre-diabetic. Um, um, and when visiting my endocrinologist earlier last year or whatever, doing the test, he was like, hey, guess what? Your numbers are good now. And that felt really cool. And I was lucky to have that happen. But I still, I still in my head sometimes act like I am. So I think about food that way and how and what I'm eating, what I'm choosing and when I'm eating it. I still think in those veins of, of that type of maybe you're diabetic or pre-diabetes because it's just a healthier way, you know. So I try to keep that in my mind all the time of like and, and right. use it to inspire. And you're saying use it to inspire you to stay healthy and to stay on track exactly. with your new lifestyle. I think that's yeah. fantastic. I mean, 79 million people today they're saying are living with pre-diabetes, like that's you mentioned. And you know, what I think Allison, like you just said, for people who are listening. <laughs> Some of those symptoms just seem like they're part of, you know, quote unquote, getting older, turning 25, yeah. turning 30, and you yeah. just don't, you let them roll off the, off the, your back, and just don't think it means anything. So it's so incredible <laughs> that you actually kind of were able to lump them together at one point and think, wait a minute, maybe something else is going on here, you know, because that is like an opportunity for change when you get that diagnosis. It is. I had a really good friend and roommate I was living with who also was at the time and her mom also was um so she was kind of i have to really credit my friend jill a lot because she was i was again asked this was after college it was mid-20s and she was kind of observing me at times and she's like you have a lot of symptoms you know because i wasn't feeling so good and she's like maybe just go go to the endocrinologist and see what's up you know and she, you know, I have to thank her for kind of like pointing it out and being like, and I, be, and I was like, I don't feel so good. And she's like, mm, might be, go check it out. 
And, and that's know, important. Like, that's important yeah. too. That you're saying go to an endocrinologist, not just your general practitioner. Although I'm sure they could have done a glucose fasting test as well. I mean, sometimes, you know, these symptoms really require seeing more of a specialist. And I think that's like it's idea. so incredible for people. Uh, living with type 2 diabetes, most mm-hmm. people with type 1 are seeing endocrinologists, but people right. living with type 2 who are listening really should um, investigate bringing an endocrinologist into their healthcare entourage. Oh, yeah. I didn't feel like I had enough knowledge at all about it until I started to see an endocrinologist. And I don't know if I, most of them do this, but mine was paired with a nutritionist that worked with her. Mm-hmm. So that, and then they're like, okay, you're seeing this person too. And then that's when I learned so much about the food. And we could talk about that now if you want to, like, give some tips and stuff. The main thing they told me was, like, obviously you got to stay low-carb, no white food. I cut the white food out of my diet long ago with that. Every once in a while it will creep in, but mm-hmm. very little now. And it's it's like I'm hardly even – and that was a big chunk of my diet back in the day was as a pasta rice bread girl. And then they was like, yeah, this is the stuff that messes you up. And I'm like, oh, whoa. And to be like, you know, lots of veggies, lean protein, protein with every meal. There's another thing she told me was like no carbs before noon. And I started to see the difference of not being as tired, having more energy, that kind of. And, I was, and it was like shocking to me. I was like, whoa, there is a difference. You guys were right. <laughs> Go figure. Well, I think, you know, for most people, uh, they really recommend, like, the plate method and and half your plate being filled with vegetables and, you know, then the other half is one quarter protein and the Mm -hmm. other quarter would be starchy foods or carbohydrates, like you're saying, like rice, pasta, corn. Um, But I think the important thing is, like, you know, like you just said, is if you're – it's not it's not one size fits all with everyone. You really have to sit down with a nutritionist and kind of yeah. look at what you're eating. And I think another important tip you just mentioned is kind of being aware of how these foods affect you. I mean, so many yeah. of us are running to Dunkin' Donuts every day, grabbing a bagel, grabbing a donut. Like you said, we're tired at the office. We're just having more yeah. and more coffee. We're not mm-hmm. really asking ourselves, what is that donut really doing to me? Or, you know, why am I having it? Why am I craving more? Things like that. I, I also have the privilege to work on another health and wellness program called um, Energy Up. I work with sixth cool. grade girls in the Young Women's Leadership Network here oh, in right. uh, New York City. And we talk a lot about trigger foods, specifically around salt, sugar, white yes. flour, and how the idea of a trigger food is like, once you have it, you can't stop eating it. And we're finding out more research uh, than ever before, and especially because of the recent New York Times article about this, that, you know, scientists are manipulating formulas around salt, sugar, um, flour in our junk, our favorite junk foods from Doritos to Pringles, making mm-hmm. them, finding the formula that would really trigger in any of us so that we just keep craving and wanting more and more. So yeah. this idea that... It's all about willpower. You could just stop eating. You know, it's a lot more complicated than that, and people really, I think, need to give themselves a break. And also, like you said, what I mean, you're the perfect diva role model tonight, diva-betic role model. Uh, you. you know, they should go seek out help and, and really see what can work for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my hot-button issues. He's big. He is a big <laughs> proponent for... The scariness uh, of like food genetics, yeah. and I've learned a lot from him. And what you just brought up is like a terrifying fact, because it is almost like that's like I think one of the biggest like legal drugs mm-hmm. out there. If I could use the metaphor, is like it's like the junk food, <laughs> fast food industry. And we all, once in a while, we all still it does not happen a lot for me. But every once in a while, I fall off the bandwagon. I'm not gonna lie, and I'm like, okay can't do this for another however long, you know, but it is. And, like, when you're eating it, you can even taste that it's, like, wrong. You're like, like, there's Well, I think what's really difficult is, you know, people are preaching the idea of moderate, you know, moderation, especially around diabetes. There's no such thing as a diabetic diet. They keep telling us it's all about moderation. But if they really are 
if if General Mills and Frito Lay are really screwing up the formulas in order to get me to eat more, then how would I ever uh-huh. be able to stop? You know, so I do think this is really a confusing time for a lot of people as far as understanding what they can and cannot eat. And truthfully, mm-hmm. if you find yourself, they identified in that article that Cheetos are actually the oh. most incredible food for addiction because the whole crunch factor, the idea that it melts in your mouth, just makes you want more and more. The whole experience of eating the Cheeto, not even uh, let alone what's inside mm-hmm. of it, is, so is something that you become more addictive to. It's mm-hmm. funny you should mention Cheetos. I was talking to a friend at work yesterday, and we were talking about junk food and that you know, we were talking about snacking at night, and I was like, I was like, I try not to, but sometimes I have, and I go, what's one of your snacks? And he said Cheetos, and he's like, he's like, I could just strap the bag on my face like a horse. <laughs> and he said, and he, this is like a really skinny, like, trim guy, so he's, I guess, I don't want to say because that's the other thing. The myth is if you're thin, then you're healthy, but you don't have right. stuff internally going on. So you know his gallbladder might be falling out, but he looks thin. But he was. He, I was like, I was like, do you just black out and all of a sudden the bag's empty and your hands is our hands are? And he goes, yeah, it's great. And I was just like, and there you go, telling me. And there's proof of the the dude that I work with. You know, it's like inhaling the whole thing. You mm-hmm. don't even know. And they're like genetically engineered for your addiction. Yeah. It's horrifying. Genetically engineered it, is, it is horrifying. The whole, you know, the whole concept of, you know, so many people turn to food out of comfort. These are cheap foods yeah. that everyone could afford. They're food. right there when you get, you know, when you're at the register. They're so available. You know, it's yeah. much harder to find an apple at a bodega in New York than it is to find Doritos. And exactly. I just, it just adds to the complexity of the issue. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's uh, our big thing with the whole ending body brutality thing. We've we've if there's anything we know about, and we said this on the last show, it's uh, having a complex relationship with food and our bodies and our reflections. Yeah. And uh, I think we both learned that even through both our weight loss surgeries that. It didn't deal with their, our relationship with food. You still have to have that person, even like I said, the nutritionist or even like a therapist, I think is a good way. Because, you know, while you're dealing with maybe diabetes or prediabetes or some kind of health issue, there might be a reason, again, for the cravings. This was something, this was actually something my nutritionist had me do when she was making me do a food diary. Besides writing down what I was eating, and when, she would make me write down physically what I was doing if I was standing, sitting, moving. And then she had me write down my mood at the time. So she really, this woman, she was like the first nutritionist I saw when I was diagnosed. And I don't see her anymore, but those things have stayed in my mind. Because I'll even think when I'm reaching for something, and I was like, because I'm pissed, because mm-hmm. I'm happy. And it really made a difference because she made it tie it all in together for me. And it was the first time someone's like, brought that to my attention where it really made sense, you know, to think about it bigger than I like chips. <laughs> well, you know, because of my history with working with Luther Vandross, and he had mm-hmm. such a public battle with weight, uh, his know. weight. He either lost or gained 100 pounds. I think he did it at least eight times in the 13 mm-hmm. years I worked for him. You know, my organization, Divabetic, again, divabetic.org, is so sensitive to the subject. And we actually do a program called uh, the Plate Poetry Product, uh, Project, uh, during November, which is National Diabetes Awareness Month, and we talk about what's on your plate, like what's eating you, not what are you That's eating. Good. And, the, and just what you said, Allison, about what are you thinking about, how are you, why are you standing? And just this idea lately, I've been doing research about, you know, our grandparents ate off of China when they ate and they sat at a table. Today, most of us are eating to go out of to go containers that are styrofoam or plastic. And what is that really saying about what we think of our body? If we're if we're just taking if we're just eating, we're not even eating off of plates anymore. We're eating out of containers and bags and things like that. Oh, that's a brilliant way to look at it. I never thought of it like that. That's and it's great. A, it always it always strikes me. As, as as shocking or weird that people don't think about what they put into their bodies, That's and they and they they'll just eat or put anything 
into their bodies and not think of not think of like like people think I'm crazy sometimes. I love going to when we we bumped into each other at Organic Avenue, mm-hmm. and I always post. I always check in there on Facebook, and I'll always. Get, I like that you do that. Yeah, and I'll <laughs> always get comments from people like that place is so expensive, and I'm like, well, but, I turn around and say, well, I well pay one less bar tab, and <laughs> you'll be able to afford the 750 raw organic press juice. How about that? Yes. You know, you wanna you wanna. What are you choosing to drink? Yeah. I'd rather have a better choice. I'd rather I'd rather not have three beers at Jim Bar so I can get this like green juice with kale and collard greens and spirulina in it. <laughs> How about that? Uh, so I, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's just a lot of mindless. You know, there's a lot of mindless eating going on. I don't think we. Sp- I you know we're. Like, Alex, we play volleyball all the time. Most people are drinking um, Gatorade, you know, or vitamin waters. They don't even realize how much sugar is really, you know, contained in those. It's being advertised by national sports heroes and top athletes, and it's being, you know, we're being told these are the drinks of champions. But at the end of the day, it's just another carrier for sugar. Sugar and chemicals. That's another thing, and I'm going to use the carrier for sugar. When I was diagnosed and what I learned, that's something that I'm now so hyper aware of. I'm a label reader, and I'll always look at the sugars, carbs. And if somebody's reaching for a drink, a Snapple, or whatever, I was like, you might as well just eat a candy bar. And I go turn that around and look at that number, and they're like, whoa. You know, and I'm so, maybe I get a little annoying with it to my other friends because they're like, oh, here she goes again. (laughs) But I can't help it because now, because I'm now, when I was, kind of learn to pay attention to that stuff, I was constantly shocked about drinks and things like that, like how or much juice. Sugar. Yeah, I, oh. I never liked juice to begin with, yeah. luckily. I was always an unsweet and iced tea girl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but like when people, people wake up in the morning and, and have orange oh. juice and toast, I was like, why don't you just eat cake and Why don't you just punch your pancreas? Yeah, I was like, it's true, though. Even, like, these yogurts, you know, people are drinking, oh, yeah. uh, eating Chobani and Yoplait, and they're advertising no high fructose corn syrup. But, oh, I mean, I've so been doing sugar. the sugar counts on some of these, and it's anywhere from, like, five to nine teaspoons of sugar in those small average containers of yogurt. You know, the mm-hmm. the, la- the number I love to look on the label right now, what I focus on, are the number of servings in the container because, you know, you, it really pulls a fast one when you look at it and you think, oh, it's only 90 calories. But then, because you're just thinking it's a single serving, then you kind of look up at the number of servings and you realize it's three or four servings and you're horrified, you know. Not yeah, it's not. That's a great point. Well, though. it's like the it's like mm-hmm. the tricky the tricky packaging of ice cream. It is. Though the pint the pints are what four to six servings. It's supposed to be. But people are used to, especially like if you watch a lot of TV or you watch movies and stuff, people are used to sitting they putting have, a spoon in yeah, and just using it out of the it. container. Yeah. And I know back in the day of college, bad decision Woo! college, yeah. Ben and Jerry's at the supermarket by us would be two for five, and we'd each get one and we'd each finish one back when we were mm-hmm. wise about what we were putting in our body. And now when I look at it now, I'm like, I used to eat a whole thing of this. Whoa. Yeah. Scary. No wonder. Well, you know, um, around around the eating and the self image, and around this topic, you know, because I did a little research, Alex. I mean, I was looking on just that self image and just health and how it relates, how your self image relates to your overall um, agenda. I guess when it comes to your health, I I lost a word in my head there. But I mean, I found out that seventy five percent of all women really think they're too fat to begin with, and people, women with diabetes really do suffer from uh, eating disorders. I mean, women with type 1 diabetes, which is when your pancreas completely shuts down and no longer makes insulin, so you have to inject it, have um, an eating disorder called diabolemia, which is when you stop taking the insulin completely and you're just kind of burning, you're burning off the calories that you eat, even at a faster rate. You're also losing a lot of, it's also a very risky health behavior. It's not uh, recommended at all. It could be often fatal. And the idea is that uh, it produces, with an insufficient amount of insulin, your body's unable to use the food for energy, so it breaks down the fat and muscle tissue and tries to eliminate excess sugar through frequent urination. And what mm-hmm. happens is you could have a dramatic weight loss with that. So a woman living with type 1 
could literally lose 15 pounds before a wedding anniversary or their school formal by taking on this risky behavior. But people should know that that risky behavior could lead to blindness, uh, neuropathy, uh, strokes, and things, or kidney failure. And then women with type 2 diabetes who tend to be more overweight, yep. uh, you know, they often have a lack of sexual desire or libido, uh, a loss of libido. And they also have, they might have problem having an orgasm because they are dealing with neuropathy, which is when you have that uh, lack of sensation, obviously. So the Mm -hmm. idea here is if you're not feeling good about yourself to begin with, how would you even trigger the idea of wanting to feel better about your health? You know, because I do, and we really do believe this at Divabetic, you really have to feel good about yourself and wanting in order to improve your health. And so the idea that people, you know, I think the idea that we have a lot of self-loathing going on, uh, yeah. that we're not, we're not feeling good about ourselves, we're not really looking at how, we might not be looking at the impact of how it's affecting us, and it might come out in our food choices like we were just mm-hmm. talking about. I mean, not only is it complicated to determine how many servings you're eating, if that contains sugar or not, if that's the right thing, but you also might be doing it just out of reckless abandon because you're just not feeling good about yourself, or like you described right. earlier, Allison, just feeling tired or not even knowing why and turning to food, right? Exactly, yep, and that's what it was like. And that's a that's a great thing and a point that you guys are doing there, divabetic.org, is when I was, I was looking through the website, it just tells, like, positive and glamorous and the body imaging is so huge because it has to start, we've discussed this on many other shows, it has to start internally first with you if anything's going to grow and change. And once you start feeling healthier, you'll make, healthier decisions. Once you start, you know, feeling happier, you'll, you know, that'll grow into that. But you have to And I positive. think people have to have that quick trigger. They have to do something, you know, I think sometimes people are still wondering, like, well, how is that going to happen? What's going to trigger me to suddenly start feeling good about myself? I, this is where I feel like for a lot of women, it could be as simple as going out and I always tell women to go buy those nail decal stickers because there's yeah. like a pack is relatively cheap. It comes mm-hmm. with a million different stickers. Most women love crazy nail art. That's one way just to boost your spirit right now. Whether you're chewing your nails or they're uneven or whatever, you can put a sticker on it and call it a day. For guys, it might be a little bit more difficult to immediately feel good about yourself. But that could just be buying allowing yourself to buy some better grooming products or actually treating yourself to some grooming products that could begin to begin to manifest that change. It doesn't that we're not telling people that you you have to just wake up, you know, loving yourself every minute, but the idea is to just invest a little bit more time in yourself and maybe follow up on a hobby or join like a volleyball team like Alex and I did or follow another hobby like you mentioned lacrosse and field hockey. I mean, there's so many sports available to people today, sometimes doing something social like group exercise could trigger you just to feeling better, too, because you get to talk to people. It's not just you working out with weights or going for a run. It's you hanging out with people and and getting to, I'm sure Alex would agree, just getting to meet and make a lot of great new friends. Exactly. The social aspect always helps. And then And I know through you guys you do, like, some outreach and stuff like that. So you've got, like, probably, like, a big community of people that you talk to or, you know, stuff like that where I I watch the videos and you're out in the public talking to people. And that's, like, the way to do it and to get everyone involved and kind of excited about being happier and healthier. And well, we like to make. We like to say we are making over your diabetes. For several years I had the opportunity to travel to, like, 20 major cities and really host for women specifically these makeover events where I felt like when, uh, because of my experience working with Luther and his backup singers were Lisa Fisher and Ava Cherry, every time uh, we before a show he would hire professional hairstylists and makeup artists to make the girls over for the show because he thought if they felt good about themselves they would put on the best performance. And I could see uh, that once you had a makeover experience, Allison, like one-on-one, someone touching your hair, fixing your mm-hmm. makeup, that kind of boosted your confidence, and that was a great opportunity, in my opinion, to introduce you to a friendly healthcare professional to talk about something that you might not want to talk about, like in my right. case with diabetic diabetes. 
So mm-hmm. we actually went and we've outreached to thousands of women kind of putting on this program. Men are able to attend as well. And on, on top of doing free hair, makeup application, uh, manicures, we also did, do uh, provide mini massage so men have an opportunity for self-pampering as well. And this year I'll be going to Philadelphia with that and Pittsburgh, uh, that program in Pittsburgh uh, in November. And I'm also going around the country, like you said earlier. I I, I go and um, I love to I love to do videos and raise awareness for diabetes in a fun new way by going to places that people don't expect us to be because diabetes is everywhere. So I think I should yeah. be expected to be there. But I really like to go and and just raise the visibility uh, for diabetes in a fun new way and and let people kind of express um, not only their successes but their struggles as a way for us to just kind of uh, raise awareness and kind of create community around the idea that a lot of us are in the middle of it. No, that's perfect. I I love the whole makeover thing. (laughs) And in general, I I feel like I'd always want one. Yes. (laughs) And it does, you kind of feel like a celebrity. Like even when I go get my hair cut or something, it just, you feel better, you know? Well, yeah, I know. I, I'm feeling dumpy because I haven't been I'm, able to get a Manny Ted I'm lately. A sad, or, yeah. And my eyebrows are out of control. I, I had one done this weekend, and I felt I went to a um, uh, one of those, like, quickie places. Mm-hmm. This, isn't, this isn't the, uh, it's not the uh, gel. The gel, because I, that's a little pricey right now. But it, it just felt nice to have your cuticles cut, everything shaped and a little fresh polished. And yeah, and then I was like, oh, with my nails the whole time. And that's a great idea. That's where it starts. It's like a physical thing to to bring out how you feel mentally and to go from there. Well, that's also. And people, of, wait, Alex. People with uh, live, who are listening who have diabetes, you know, you could have a safe manicure, pedicure. We do have the guidelines on our website for that. So if people are thinking about having a manicure or pedicure who have diabetes, they should definitely do a couple quick things just to make sure that uh, they're taking care of their health when they do do that pampering service. Right, exactly. But that goes along with, uh, I, I mention a lot, Shell Richardson from Hay House. She has a book called The Art of Extreme Self-Care, mm-hmm. which I re- read in like four hours. Mm-hmm. And the first step was to look in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. And until you get used to it and without feeling silly. Yeah. But the, one of the one of the other tenants is also learn to groom and take care of yourself because because that that is showing an external an external act of making yourself feel better. Uh, your your subconscious and your brain listens to that and sees that and it and. and it receives it as an act of love mm-hmm. towards yourself. It's an act of self-love. So even little things like that could build the foundations of learning to get to that point where you really love yourself. Exactly. To you know, really build the foundation to where you love yourself, and then it becomes natural. It becomes your instinct to do that instead of the doubt and the and the self-hate and, you know, not liking the reflection and all that. Yeah, which we're trying to erase, that's for sure. That's for us, um, yeah. <laughs> but we, wanted to, we got some time left, and I know you were, you were talking about the fun ways to do outreach and, and, and get people to learn about the knowledge. Oh, one second oh, before. Yeah. One second before. One second Lisa before. Fisher, was that the Lisa Fisher of the How Can I Ease the Pain fame? Absolutely, and that's Elisa Fisher who sang backup for, uh, she sang backup backgrounds for the Rolling Stones for years. I think she still does. She's going to be featured in a new movie that uh, made its premiere at Sunday Festival this year called um, 25 Feet from Stardom. It's, it features all the top back backup singers, background singers, as you'd like to say, for Prince, uh, Sting, um, Rolling Stones, Aretha Franklin, several of Luther's background singers are featured in that uh, movie. I think Bruce Springsteen. So it's a great. Lisa Fisher is an amazing woman. I had I've worked with her many times. She would come to the hospital after mm-hmm. Luther's stroke, and she would do um, singing lessons with Luther, which was just great. That's awesome. A Grammy Award-winning artist taking time out of her her busy schedule to 
work with Luther after the stroke because uh, that's an amazing <laughs> song. People should check it out. How yeah, can I use the page? How can I use the page? Is one of my favorite songs. And we both love Melba Moore. We should mention we I did interview Melba Moore and Alex. You were on my podcast about that. Melba yep. Moore, uh, another incredible person. I mean, for people struggling, I wanted her on the show. Uh, the interview I did with her was really talking about all the personal issues she's had to do and the things she's had to mm-hmm. overcome to get back up on stage and do the things she loves. I mean, so many people we know struggle with finding a passion in their lives. And here she was always passionate about performing and singing, but it was those other things in her personal life, her relationship with her husband, that really were her downfall and how she overcame that to get back to what she loved. I just think it's inspirational for anyone who feels like they're struggling listening tonight. Uh, Definitely find inspiration from Melba Moore. That's why we titled it. Standing right here. So as we've got a few seconds left, I want to play a game. I love the game that you play when you go out into the public and do serve, taste, or trash. Yes, I do. Are we ready to play? All right, I I guess you guys are on camera. I'm not on camera, but I'll say it anyhow. In my mystery bag, Allison and Allison and Alex, I have three food, uh, three fruits and vegetables. You have to tell me which one you would serve to the rest of us, which one you would taste for yourself, and which one you would trash. Are you ready for your three options? Yes. All right, your options tonight are Jerusalem artichokes, oranges. And kale. Allison, which one would you serve? Um, I would serve the kale because I cook that a lot and I know what to do with it. What's your I, favorite way to serve it? Um, I actually make, and I did this for my boyfriend and I a few weeks ago, I make a kale lasagna with ground turkey and the kale is a substitute for noodles. Oh, comes I out, love it. It comes out really nice. You really don't even miss the pasta, I'm telling you. Are we going to blog about your recipe later? That sounds good. I'll I'll blog for it. I'm an Italian. If we can handle that, then that means it's pretty good. (laughs) I love it. And, Alex, which one would you serve? I would serve the kale, too, because I I make kale a lot also. But I make it with collards and Swiss chard with some Mm -hmm. garlic and some garn masala to make it spicy. And I usually use that as a side dish or my main veggie if I'm having if I'm making like a steak or something at home. So yeah. so I did that when I, I started to do that when I read the Body Ecology Diet by Donna Gates and started to beef up my veggies on my plate. Mm-hmm. Well both so of those perfect. recipes sound delicious, but I'm right now in love with kale chips. I can't get enough of them. Okay. Yeah. I think that's like the most fun way to have kale if you don't like kale. That's an easy way to enjoy it. Allison, which one would you taste? You have oranges and Jerusalem artichokes to choose from. I taste the artichoke, but I've never cooked an artichoke for myself. But I've always wanted to learn. A Jerusalem artichoke. A, Jeru- a Jerusalem artichoke. Yeah. Are they different from regular? Yeah. Um, again, I'm thinking of hearts and the oil because mm-hmm. I'm a guinea. But yeah, I I don't know. You can't just pop that off and taste it though. You need to like do something to it. A lot of people make them in soup, but um, we're going to have a Chef Robert Lewis on my upcoming Serve, Taste, or Trash podcast, and he'll be, cool. which is Tuesday, and he'll be talking about how you could uh, roast the Jerusalem artichokes. They're, they're pretty delicious. I just found out about them when I was in South Carolina visiting a farmer's market. Alex, which one would you taste? I did the same thing because Jerusalem artichokes have been in smoothies I've had, oh. and they've also been on chops. Oh. Food network. <laughs> <laughs> so they're a celebrity vegetable. I love that. <laughs> I, oh my gosh! So what's going to happen to the orange, Allison? Um, it, I know it has a ton of sugar, so I wouldn't want to eat it anyway. So I have to get rid of it. Same for me. Smash it. I saved the peel to boil with some cinnamon and cloves <laughs> on the back burner of my stove and make my house smell nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Why are you trashing it, Alex? Uh, the sugar content. It's why why I don't eat bananas too, because yeah. the glycemic index and uh, yeah, it, it goes. Well, I, it, I think the thing about uh, fruit in general, like with a high sugar content, is like 
again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, we all no one reaches for the scrawny orange. We always go for the big one. And mm-hmm. you know, when you're looking at these oversized oranges, especially like or apples at Fairway Market, you really mm-hmm. have to look at that and realize it's more than one serving. It's at least two. And yeah, you know, you yeah. could easily quarter an orange and not feel like you have to eat the whole thing or an apple and still be able. A lot of people with diabetes could still enjoy or should enjoy all the fruits they love because some of them are so high in fiber as well. But right. definitely the portion is important when you look at nature's uh, offerings because they don't come packaged for us. That's true, mm-hmm. yeah. I've always, I've always, I switched to grapefruit. <laughs> I like the taste like better, it's like too. 19, like it's 1979. <laughs> your grapefruit and your... You have my tan. Your, your granola. Yeah. Oh God! Yellow tile kitchen. (laughs) Part of a balanced breakfast. Oh my gosh, we had so much fun with you. I gotta, I gotta meet you in person. I gotta roll out to some Gotham event so I can give you a hug. Or come to the Easter parade this weekend. I'm gonna be at the Easter parade on Fifth Avenue, playing serve, taster, trash. And awesome. everyone could join us, or they could tune into my podcast Tuesday night. I'm, I'm on Blog Talk Radio as well, and uh, or definitely check out the videos on uh, divabedic.org. It was so much fun being on the show tonight. Thank I you. I love watching those videos. Thank you, Mr. Divabedic. Divabedic.org. Happy eighth anniversary, also to you guys. Woohoo! <laughs> we also have to do that cleanse. Man, that's... Yes, we do. I mean, the funny thing is, like, I took my volleyball team to the Organic Avenue to introduce them to those juices, and that's where I saw you, Alex. That was great. That's so good. Yeah, and also, I have uh, two... uh, My friend Dean wants to do a community cleanse, but they're having the one-day cleanse special for 55 bucks where they even give you a cooler and they give you a day supply. Maybe you could start off like that. Yeah. To it. You guys will be my guinea pigs, yes. and if it works, I'm going to try that, because I've always wanted to, but I've been a little nervous about cleansing yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It will make me go loopy or not. Mm-hmm. So. It does. It does. I've done them before. I think I've you done need to stay, stay home when that happens. Yeah. You don't, like, go out into the public. Yeah. So. <laughs> awesome. Anyway. Thank you so much for coming on, and I know we'll be talking to you again. Again, it's Mr. Divabetic, divabetic.org. Listen to him, Diva Talk Radio and Blog Talk Radio. And go ahead and plug your Easter parade, too, that you're going to be at this weekend in the city. I'll be at the Easter parade. Yeah. I forget. I forget that. <laughs> Easter. Recovering Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. All right. Look for him. Watch the videos. There, you can donate on the website. There's games. There's outreach. Go and support. It's a great place. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Oh, my God. Good show. Yeah. I hope you guys learned a lot. We like, you know, passing on the knowledge. And, yes. you know, it's great to just go on there and find out stuff for yourself. Whether you have it or not, it's just like a healthy way to think and live anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that can help for everybody out there. And we'll be posting our recipes. I'll find the, the kale one that I found and repost it. I'm telling you. Low carb lasagna, it can happen, and it won't. It won't make you sad. <laughs> also, uh, this was like our pre, our prequel to Authentic April coming up next month, where we're having yeah. hosts from Authentic You come on our show and tell you what they're about and tell us what we're about because <laughs> we don't know sometimes. We also like to do the tell me about me, me yeah, because we're gonna have me. First of all, the we're working yeah. progress. Yes. The the passion used to how to ignite our passions. And She'll then, be coming up next week. Mm-hmm, then we'll have Susan Turnbull, who is my human design coach. Yeah. Who does this whole thing we'll about? Learn a little more about that. Yeah. What what you're designed with? Then we'll have Janet, our astrologer. I think we're getting a. Chart we're getting done a chart coming. done. Charlie yeah. the matchmaker is going to be on that show too. Awesome. And the birthday, they're both. 420. So they'll be sharing our they'll be sharing their uh, astrological birth chart with us and see why they are the way they are. And mm-hmm. Janet's doing one for me too. Yep. And then we'll have C.J. Martis, our resident Yay. angel reader. The very the last one. very famous. CJ. Very famous C.J. author, angel reader. So if you ever wanted to connect with the other side, that would she's definitely your, be a lady. It's going to be a really cool show. You want to listen to that. You want to call in, talk yeah. with her. 
and and someday we'll have Michelle come on. Billy's been our producer, and she has so much going on. She helps us so much. We love her for it. Ooh, we're definitely two of our biggest fans. Uh, yes, but then May will have more guests and stuff. Yeah, as a we lot find of good out, things yeah, coming up. As we find out who we are, as we the evolution, the evolution of us, mm-hmm. and ending our hashtag body brutality. Hashtag everything. <laughs> hashtag everything. As I wrote it down last time. Here it goes. There we go. Hashtag everything. Yep. It's not a number sign anymore. For all the people that get cranky. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and sign a petition to uh, defeat this Monsanto thing. Exactly. It's going to kill you and your kids eventually. That's terrifying. You think I'm crazy, but uh, just you wait. (laughs) If we don't stop them now, we're all doomed. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And there's our if we don't stop them now, we're all doomed. We'll put that on the T-shirt. Yeah. That'll be our first T-shirt. Monsanto, if we don't stop them now, we're all doomed. We're going to be Lady in the Jet merchandise. Yes. We, of course, talked about this during the first show. <laughs> just look out for how things are going to change and get even better coming up. Thank you so much for watching and listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Yes. Push the button, Michelle. Four, yes. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.